Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, House Bill 728 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop House Bill 728. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. Welcome in. Good morning, Mike. In the morning on this Thursday, the longest week ever. Like I, I cannot believe it's just now Thursday. This literally is the longest week ever. Uh, hope all of you were safe uh, last night, and I guess we got a, a little lucky. Our power didn't go out last night, so hope all of you are warm. Hopefully, you have power, and hopefully, you are being safe today. I know things are getting a little bit better, but I did see on the news not too terribly long ago, that uh, roads are still pretty brutal. In fact, they went to the live cam on the news, like one of the MDOT cameras. They went to the live cam, and you could see a car like about to spin out on the on the highway. So, uh, not good. Not good at all. But glad that, that you are with me. Always uh, thankful for you guys watching. Hopefully that uh, all of you have been safe and are safe and are warm. And uh, let's get started. I've got some baseball topics for you. You had a big signing in Major League Baseball last night. You had a big retirement last night in professional baseball. And then, of course, the tournament in Arlington. I've got a bad feeling, though, uh, about that one. I'm going to check on this stream or something. Um, it says my connection's unstable. Hopefully you guys can still see me. Uh, that's the first time I've gotten this notification, so hopefully my internet is working okay for you. Uh, I'm going to check this, actually, right now, just to make sure I can pull this up. I've never seen this notification before, so let's see. Um, yeah, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all. Hmm. I wonder why that's happening. No, man, that's not good. So uh, hopefully you guys can see me and hear me. I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the software is telling me that, that you probably can't. I don't know. I don't. Anyway, all right. We're just gonna push through. Uh, we're gonna power through and hope that you guys can uh, see me and hear me. This is unfortunate. I've never seen that before. We've been at at this for a few weeks. Wayne says he's good. All right. So I'm just gonna push on, even if it's just an audience of one. I'm gonna push on. So um, we're gonna talk baseball today. But first, I do want to remind you that if you are watching on stream, good morning. Glad to see you. This does get uploaded in podcast form. Just search my name. You will find it in the podcast app and. If you're listening in podcast form, this does go live on stream every single day around 8 o'clock. I'm a little bit later this morning, but 8 o'clock is the goal start time uh, on Facebook Live and Periscope. I will soon be adding YouTube. I was uh, playing around with my YouTube account last night. This is going to start streaming on YouTube as well. Just got to make sure that I can get this software to pull the feed to YouTube and uh, it'll be up there soon. So good to see you. Uh, welcome in this morning and... Uh, I know everybody's excited about this tournament in Arlington. I'm really excited about this tournament that's supposed to be happening in Arlington, but I'd be lying to you guys if I told you that I did not, um, or if I was 100% confident it was happening. As, as of this morning on Thursday, you've got rumors and stuff circulating that the tournament's already been canceled. I, I don't believe that's the case. I wouldn't go that far. 
And I hope I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong about this. I, seriously, I want to be wrong. I have a very bad feeling about this tournament getting played this weekend. A uh, really bad feeling about it. I don't think it's going to happen because uh, there was another report, again, on the news this morning. Um, people are still without power. People are, are dying in Texas right now. I mean, they are lighting their grills inside. There was a couple on the news that was sitting next to um, their stove that they turned on to try to get heat. There were people that are literally camping inside of their own homes to try to insulate themselves Unless there's a dramatic turnaround between now and this time tomorrow with power and stuff like that, I just don't see a scenario where they're going to fly or bus six baseball teams into that area, put them up in hotels, and play baseball games when you've got millions of people that are lighting their stoves to try to stay warm because they don't have any power. I hope I'm wrong. I, I Seriously, I hope I'm wrong. I hope somebody like Chase Parham comes out with a report that Ole Miss is traveling and everything's good to go. I, I, hope, I hope that that is what happens. But as I sit right now this morning, I don't feel very confident in that tournament happening at all. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I'd love to be wrong. I'm not very confident in it happening. Um, we had a couple listeners on the radio show yesterday ask, you know, what plans are and stuff like that. I, I wouldn't plan on going. That's just me. I hope I'm wrong. Don't let my pessimism rain on your parade. I, I just, I am not very confident in that tournament uh, happening at all. And of course, I mean, that's so just perfect, right? Because last year, baseball season, and it's not just that baseball season got cut short. It's when and how. I mean, Ole Miss was playing as good, if not better, than everybody in the country. I mean, that was the most fun watching a college baseball team that I've ever had. I mean, they were so much fun. And then on the Mississippi State th- side of things, we talked about it last week, that they win those two midweek games in Biloxi over the number one team ranked in college baseball, and you think, this team's turning a corner, and then everything shut down. And so now, we went through this year where we had no sports this summer, and the NBA had to go to Orlando and be in some kind of a bubble. And college football season went off and did well. Uh, but it was weird atmospheres with only 25% capacity and games getting moved and stuff like that. We finally come back to baseball season. And when we get back to baseball season, we have an incredible opening weekend tournament. Six teams in this opening weekend round robin ranked in the top 10. This basically is the Omaha we didn't get last Seriously. And... And forgive me, guys. I've I've got, you know, sinus stuff. So hopefully I don't sound too bad for you. I'm trying to mute when I need to. Um, we finally get back to baseball season again. And while the pandemic is still here, it still exists, but cases are plummeting right now. Vaccines being taken in mass, millions of people a day. At least, well, not the last couple of days because of the weather, but millions of people a day are getting vaccinated. Case numbers are plummeting. Every team, all six of them, were cleared to go play in this event, although Ole Miss uh, will be, if they play it, without Kale Baker because of uh, COVID protocols and stuff like that. Um, But everything was good to go. There was going to be 25% capacity. Thousands of people were going to be at the stadium in Arlington for this opening season tournament. It kind of felt like we were getting back to something, you know, some sense of normalcy. Baseball season that got canceled last year, starting off, boom, 
with with a big bang and then an unprecedented snow and ice storm shut the entire state of Texas down. I mean, come on. I thought the whole 2020 thing was supposed to be left in 2020, and here we sit, and forgive my pessimism, but here we sit on Thursday wondering if they're even going to play baseball this weekend, not because of COVID, not because of a pandemic. No, it's because on February 18th, a so, like some kind of polar vortex has sweeped the southern states and nobody has power in Texas right now because it got so cold in the middle of February. I mean, of course. Of course. J- just uh, frustrating. Mm. I hope they play it. I really do. I just don't feel comfortable with that. We did get other big baseball news in Major League Baseball last night. Big, big money being handed out in Fernando Tatis Jr. is the next in line to get one of these mega contracts. Most people think uh, Mr. Tatis is like the new face of Major League Baseball. Everybody knows this guy. He's electric. He's fun. And he signed last night a 14-year, $340 million contract extension with the Padres last night. One of the largest guarantees in American sports history. And of course, he's locked into San Diego through his entire prime. He's 22 years old, the third biggest deal in baseball history, and he did it younger than Mike Trout and Mookie Betts, who were five years older than him last night. So uh, he's 22 years old. He's a great young player on a great young team. Uh, the Padres are just electric, and he's electric, and I think this is great for baseball. Really, uh, I mean, it's big, big money. It's hard to fathom uh, how much money that really is and how much guaranteed money that really is. I, as great of a player as he is, I'd be terrified to commit to a guy for over a decade. I mean, even the Patrick Mahomes contract, I thought, that's a long time, guys. It's <laughs> a really long time. 14 years is a very long time, but um, the Padres have locked up their star through his entire prime. So, great for the sport. Great player. Electric player. Staying in San Diego. Awesome. But then. But then. ESPN does this funny thing. Where. I don't know if you've noticed this. It kind of feels like they only care about. New York and L.A. And they're kind of telling on themselves here. So the producer for Get Up, you know that Mike Greenberg show that you probably don't watch, but it's the morning show on ESPN now. It's called Get Up. That show's producer, after the news was announced that Fernando Tatis signed this mega contract, here's what a guy pulling the strings at ESPN morning show, this is what he said. Fernando Tatis Jr. playing the next 14 years in the country's number 27 media market on the West Coast is an objectively bad thing for baseball. That is what he said. This is ESPN in a nutshell. This is them really telling on themselves. You always kind of had that feeling about ESPN and the people there and the work they did. But this is them telling on themselves right here. 
If he was signing with New York, if he was signing with L.A., if he was signing with Chicago, if he was signing with Boston, everybody would celebrate it. But because he's signing with not one of those markets, it's a bad thing for baseball. My question to this guy is, are, are small market teams just not allowed to exist? What would you like them to do? Seriously. If them signing a great player like this is bad for the sport, then why don't we just get rid of the team? And why don't we just put five teams in Los Angeles and five teams in Chicago and Boston and New York, and those can just be the markets. And if you're a Braves fan, even though Atlanta's a huge place, they treat you the same as well. Oh, they do. They treat you the exact same as well. ESPN, when it comes to the the NBA in Major League Baseball, if you're not in New York or Boston in Chicago in baseball or California, you don't matter. You don't matter. They have, they've completely told on themselves. And this, their mentality, the way they cover these franchises, the way they cover these sports, is far worse for the game than Tatis staying in San Diego. Far, far worse for the game than those guys staying in the small markets. Because they do it in the NBA as well. And just get ready for this. I'm a New Orleans basketball fan. I know a lot of people in this state love the Memphis Grizzlies as well. You've got a star in New Orleans and a star in Memphis. Transcendent, elite-level athletes, superstars budding in these two small markets. And you know when their contract is nearing an end. Once they get to about two and a half years left on their contract, the only conversations that anybody in national ESPN conversation when it comes to covering the NBA or covering Major League Baseball is going to be they should go to LA. It's coming. Just watch. There will not be a single objective conversation about why John Morant should stay in Memphis. Because Memphis doesn't matter to them. It doesn't matter. They're going to say John Morant should go to Brooklyn. They're going to say John Morant should go to New York. They're going to say he should go to Los Angeles or go play for the Warriors. My goodness, we had Devin Booker last year in Phoenix. In Phoenix, of all places. Huge market. The narrative was Devin Booker needs to go to to Golden State or Los Angeles because he's not getting any attention in Phoenix. He's not getting any attention in Phoenix because the way you clowns cover the game. It has nothing to do with Phoenix and the market. What should happen when a guy like Fernando Tatis signs this mega deal with San Diego is we celebrate it. Because more balance of stars around the entire league is better for the sport. Not just stockpiling players in two markets because those are the only ones that you really give a crap about covering. It's insane, and I'm so glad Giannis stayed in Milwaukee just to shove it in their faces because he can go win a championship in Milwaukee with that roster, and I hope he does it. I hope he wins 10 of them, and it pains ESPN and the the people on, on Get Up with Mike Greenberg and this producer who thinks it's bad for the sport that the best young team in baseball gets to keep one of their stars, that it pains them that when they have to cover Milwaukee, when they have to cover San Diego, that it hurts inside. I want it to because this is killing the game. This is destroying the game. And they wonder why ratings and interest are down across the country. You know, some people say, oh, it's because they got woke or whatever. No, it's because they tell you you don't matter. They they tell you you don't matter. Especially in the NBA. Memphis doesn't matter. John Morant just needs to go to L.A. New Orleans doesn't matter. They don't need a team. This is what they do. It's all the same. 
It's a problem in the NBA. It's a problem in Major League Baseball. The way it's covered by specifically ESPN is more damaging to the game than any player staying in a small market. If they would just decide to actually cover the sports the right way, it would make such a difference. But instead, it's New York, New York, New York, L.A., Chicago, and baseball. That's it. Those are the only places that matter. Those are the only markets that matter. If you don't play for one of those teams, you should try to play for one of those teams immediately, and everybody else doesn't matter. And they wonder why ratings are down, and they wonder why interest is down nationally. It's it's a mystery. You tell the rest of the country that their teams don't matter, that their players should go somewhere else, that it's bad for baseball when Fernando Tatis stays in San Diego, and you wonder why your show's ratings aren't very good. It's a mystery. It really is. Support local media, independent local media, because they're the ones that are going to do it the right way. Even The Athletic. I don't agree with everything that's written on The Athletic, but I promise you, you can get good, objective coverage of why Fernando Tatis is great for baseball. They cover everybody. I I really like The Athletic. I think what they're doing is, if it was more mainstream, I don't know. It sure as hell is better than ESPN in what they're doing right now. Uh, They're telling on themselves here. They only care about certain markets, and then they wonder why their ratings are down. It's almost as if there's a lot of people between New England and California. And I'm telling you, Atlanta gets the same treatment. Huge, huge market. Atlanta gets the same treatment. Really does. It's a shame. It's a shame what they're doing. And they only have themselves to blame. They only have themselves to blame. All right, elsewhere in baseball, you had a retirement last night. And, you know, I don't know how much of this, uh, of a retirement you can call this. Tim Tebow, uh, the New York Mets released last night that the former Broncos and Florida quarterback has retired from professional baseball. There were some quotes in there from Tim Tebow. He's 33 years old. Uh, you know, he played in some minor league stuff. Uh, stunk in his limited action as a minor league baseball player. But he retired last night. And I'm glad this charade is over. And let's call it what it is. All right? And look, and I said this on Twitter last night. I said it's good that a player that actually has a shot is going to get that roster spot now. And I know I know that Tim Tebow is a wonderful person. I know he's an inspiration to a lot of people. And I know that his positive attitude and everything that comes with it is really inspirational and it's really good. And I wish more athletes and media personalities would have his approach. Some people on College Game Day think that he's like too energetic. I love that. You're having fun. You have passion. You have energy. We need more of that. We need more of that in this business, in media. We need more of that from our athletes. Good, positive energy. Somebody that you can actually look up to. And Tim Tebow's that guy. So I'm not... I'm going to rip on Tebow, but not. it's not his fault, okay? He was given an opportunity and he took it. And it does take a special athlete to play professional football and hit under the Mendoza line, even, in minor league baseball. Like, who does that? Nobody can really do that. So he's a good athlete. 
clearly a very, very, very good person. But this was a publicity stunt. Glad it's over. It was a publicity stunt. If his name was not Tim Tebow, the Mets are not taking a 30-plus-year-old guy that hadn't played baseball in a decade to hit 175 in double-A baseball and then keep calling him up. I, one of my best friends, my best friend in the world, uh, was a minor league baseball player. He was uh, drafted in the fifth round and um, you know, really fought through the minor league system, and he uh, had to stop playing the game for, for other reasons. But I know how hard that life is. I know what kind of a grind it is. And it frustrated me knowing what he had been through and what he was going through, trying to make it that the Mets just handed a roster spot to a guy that didn't deserve it. They did it for publicity. That's what it was. It was not, he didn't have an actual shot. He, he wasn't a Major League Baseball prospect. He wasn't a good player. If his name wasn't Tim Tebow, they would never have let him play short season single A, let alone getting him all the way up to triple A, I think, as, as far as he went. It never would have happened. It was a publicity stunt, so let's just call that what it is. It's okay. You can have both thoughts at once. You can really respect the guy and also see that the Mets having him in their minor league system was strictly 150% for publicity reasons and not baseball. There was no baseball reason for why he was there. Now that roster spot gets to go to a player that actually deserves it, that, that has a shot at making the majors that actually can play at that level. That's a polished, base, a polished baseball player that can actually hit, and it's not a sideshow. It was a sideshow. Let's just call it what it is. That's all I'm saying. It was a sideshow. He didn't belong there, and now it's over. It's a grind, those guys, uh, what they deal with at the minor league level. It's a grind. And... Now somebody deserving actually gets that spot. It is what it is. All right, last thing for you. I'm going to turn the page. So I said talking baseball, but I've got a, a football thought for you. So I, I'm going to try to do this uh, the right way. I'm going to try something here. I'm going to share my screen. This is a new thing that uh, that I've figured out. See if I can actually pull this up for you. Um. Let's see. Chrome tab. Let's see if this works. Can you see that? Nice. All right, that worked. Cool. Um, So this tweet right here. Who is this in college football? This is from from, uh, Pro Football Focus. If you're listening on the podcast, basically, we talked about this on the radio show yesterday. It's It's a bar graph, and it has talent with a really tall bar, and then recognition with basically... Nothing. So who is this in college football? Um, And my first thought was Aaron Brule at Mississippi State. I think Aaron Brule is a guy that when we go to media days, if we're able to go to media days this summer, and I don't know if that's actually going to happen or not, um, is a guy that probably won't show up on the first or second team preseason All-SEC. In fact, I can almost guarantee that. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, But I think he is an All-SEC caliber player for sure. I don't think there's any doubt about that, if we're being honest. Aaron Brule, especially 
with the three three scheme that they run at Mississippi State, paired with his ability to get the passer, like if you look at his sack numbers, they don't blow you away. But when you go deeper into to quarterback pressures and hurries, that guy was a menace from the linebacker spot, affecting the passing game. And so he's somebody that when we go to media days, he was my the first thought when I saw that was Aaron Brule is not going to get any credit. Nobody's going to talk about him. Um, he won't be on the first or second team all SEC. I'm going to put him on my ballot, but you know, you guys know by now how this is going to work. JT Daniels is going to be first team all SEC quarterback, and watch Bryce Young is going to get votes for first and second team. Just watch. That's that's how these people operate. It's name on the helmet, and that's really it. I mean, that's it. Um, Aaron Brule is not going to be included on those lists, but he should be because his ability to rush the passer when asked for it in that scheme, and just his overall talent and skill, nobody's going to talk about him. He will be the most underappreciated, under-talked-about, under-covered, unrecognized player, and then you're going to look up this fall and think, who is that? Brule, as most broadcasters called him? Uh, who's this Brule kid? No, it's Aaron Brule, and he's a star. Uh, so he was mine for Mississippi State. And then I thought Snoop Connor. It's kind of easy. Um, I think we're going to look up in 10 years. And Snoop Connor's going to have like a 1,200-yard season in the NFL. And we're going to think, man, where did this kid come from? And then it's going to be the fact that he was a, a backup at Ole Miss. And I'm not saying that he should be starting or anything. I mean, Ole Miss is a great problem in the backfield right now. It's I think Snoop Connor is a complete running back. I think he'd be a starter at the vast majority of places. Problem is, he's got an elite running back in front of him as well. It's a good problem to have, but um, that's when you look at his stats, you're like, well, I mean, he's okay. No, he's more than okay. He's a complete back. I think he's an NFL back. He just has another NFL back if baseball doesn't work out in front of him on the depth chart. But those are the two guys that came to mind for me. Uh, when I looked at this talent over recognition thing, it was Aaron Brule at Mississippi State because I think he is a star. I think nobody's going to talk about him um, unless Mississippi State physically brings him to media day, but he won't make any list. He, he won't be on anything, and he should be because he's a heck of a player. And then on the Ole Miss side of things, I thought, you know, he's a backup, so maybe this isn't really fair. You could probably plug someone from the offensive line uh, and make the case for them. But it's Snoop Connor. I think we're going to look, like I said, we're going to look up in 10 years and we're going to think, damn, what a player. I mean, where did this guy come from? And it, oh, wow, he came from Ole Miss. Look up his stats and you think, wow, he wasn't that great of a college player. Oh, he is. He's just in a very crowded backfield. So th- those were my two that first popped out. But I've been trying to warn people, you know what's coming uh, when it comes to SEC media days and the first team preseason all SEC stuff. I know you really shouldn't get worked up about stuff like that. I try not to, but um, JT Daniels is going to be first-team All-SEC. Watch. He's going to be first-team All-SEC. I can guarantee it. He's going to be. He's going to be. And Aaron Brule won't be on anything. I can guarantee that, too. He won't be on anything at all. Uh, Because here's a little secret. We don't know what we're doing. We were talking about this a little bit on the radio yesterday because the power outages and stuff like that. We had a listener say that the real experts, as far as weather goes, are the people that work for the power companies, the meteorologists that they have. 
because they're the ones that really have to decide. I don't know how it all works, but that's what the listener said. And my reply was, it's the same thing here. The real experts aren't on your radio in the afternoon or doing a live stream with you in the morning. No, the real experts are in Vegas. The real experts are setting lines. Those are the actual sports experts. Us? No, we just talk. We talk to entertain you guys and inform in some cases. The experts, they're out there setting lines in the desert. They're hidden. You don't know their names, but I promise you they know more. They understand more. They're better prognosticators than anybody that's wearing a tie on TV could ever imagine being. Um, I promise. But, um, yeah, we don't know what we're doing. There are people that think that JT Daniels is a better all-around quarterback than Matt Corral, and they're insane. There are people that don't know who Aaron Brule is that will vote in a preseason All-SEC team. It is what it is. But uh, that's how it works. That's just simply how it works. Um, Yeah. If only there was a G on his helmet, you know? That applies in both cases. If there was a G on Brule's helmet, if there was a G on Corral's helmet... It would change everything. That's for sure. You guys be safe out there. I know the roads are still tough, and um, it's not really going to get much warmer today. I'm looking at the weather right now, and in my area, it's not going to climb above 34, so we may get a refreeze tonight. So if you have to drive, please, please be safe out there. Like I said uh, at the very beginning, I saw they were showing the live cam on the news, and somebody was spinning out on an overpass on the live cam on the news this morning. So please be safe out there. Um, we're almost through this thing, and then everything's looking up from here. Baseball's here, maybe. We will uh, We will have to see. So enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for tuning in, as you always do. And I'll talk to you again tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Y'all have a good, safe day. Thank you. Tomorrow at 8. I'll see you later. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.